After a short break for the holidays, the Money Barrel is back. This week, Kayla sits down with Trisha Aldrich, who is coming off the biggest fraternity win of her career in Oklahoma City. Trisha and Kayla talk about managing horses while also maintaining a full-time job. This episode is brought to you by the Royal Crown Fraternity, Derby, Open Barrel Race, and now Roping Events. Royal Crown is having two events in 2021, the first being February 17th through the 21st in Bryan, Texas at the Brazos Event Center with $65,000 added to the fraternity. If you haven't got your entries in, make sure you have them mailed in by January 15th. The second event is being held in Rock Springs, Wyoming, August 10th through the 15th. And new to 2021, the event in Bryan, Texas will be hosting a breakaway roping, and the event in Rock Springs, Wyoming will be hosting a team roping, both with added money side pots for horses sired by Royal Crown Stallions. The Royal Crown has 58 incredible stallions and they're adding more every day. With some of the industry's biggest payouts for riders, stallion owners, and breeders, the Royal Crown has something for everyone. Currently, they're accepting new stallion entries. If you're looking to enroll your stallion or enter an upcoming event, reach out to Keenan via the Royal Crown Facebook or via their website at royalcrownrace.com. You won't regret it. All right, Trisha, you're up. Kayla, take it away. This is The Money Girl. get a hold of Trisha Aldridge, who just came off of a fantastic start to the 2021 fraternity season. And I'm just looking forward to being able to share your story because I feel like more than anything, it just goes to show that, um, you know, basically if you work hard enough, you can do it because this is the biggest one of your career, correct? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So uh, let's, before we, before we'll talk about Oklahoma City, but before we get into that, um, let's introduce, your, introduce yourself. Tell us about your background and just um, all about kind of your program. So uh, my name is Trisha Aldridge and I own Red Hot Running Horses. Um, I've been riding my whole life and um, training since I can remember. So I was always the kid that they called when you know, the horse bucks somebody off or <laughs> all the, the problem kids. So, um, when, you know, and definitely when we were growing up, we couldn't really afford anything nice. So I had to learn how to fix a lot of problems. So, um, fast forward, we, I used to work a long time ago for Razor Horse. And, um, then I started going to school and, uh, mostly cause I just decided, you know, when you go to, to these shows and then watch these trainers, like when they show up with 20 head, I mean, that is a complete butt kicking and so um after a little while I was like you know what I don't I don't want to do this for the public you're trying to make horses work that don't want to do their job and you're always trying to just please people that you know maybe don't have realistic expectations for that horse and so um I went to college and so I graduated in uh, December 2017 with an engineering degree from UNT um and then we I tried to get a real job. <laughs> I got hired on at a big construction company. And um, the more I tried to do my real job, the more my horse business took off. So I worked at uh, a lane for a year and we booked a hundred 
mares to my stallion. <laughs> That's pranked. Oh my God. <laughs> and so it just, I was like, oh, this has got to be a sign. Right. So I remember um, having a conversation with my boyfriend and I was like, I was so scared to quit. I don't know why. <laughs> and he, he looked at me and he's like, you've never had a real job. You're not going to starve. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. So I was like, okay, so uh, let's do the horse thing again. So um, I quit at that company to get hired on with a smaller company. So I still actually work for a company part-time and um, I do all their estimating and uh, we build roads. So I do kind of project management from afar. I've been able to do pretty well everything mobily. So the Corona has helped me with that side of my job. Um, oh, that's funny. I work for a construction company as well. Oh yeah. So we- a, a similar thing um and so the remote the remote thing COVID actually helped us a little bit <laughs> yes because now I can literally do almost everything mobily um just because nobody wants to see you in person anymore <laughs> so Very- it worked out really good so we um I did a course at CSU I flew up and did a course up there for the breeding and so we do all of our own collection and shipping and everything on my stallion and then that has allowed me to kind of focus more on training you know buying prospects and um i've been able basically since having like i call it my real job (laughs) so since i've had my real job i can kind of and then with wayne my stallion we can kind of focus in on having our own top quality prospects and kind of sift through you know what what i want to ride what i think i'm going to get along with and i've just been able to ride more of my own horses which has been really nice so tell us a little bit about your stallion. How did you get into the stallion business? Um, so my stallion is streaking little Wayne and um, he is amazing. I love him. He is like a pet. <laughs> so I actually bought him from Monica McClung when he was, I think he was like a yearling, just turned a year old maybe. And um, I wanted a stallion. So I even drove up to the fold and sale before this. And I was like, I want a roan stallion by a streak of fling and I wanted him to have a short back so I was like he's got to be real correct short back so I went all the way to the fold and sale and to see anything I like had to have and so um I actually had sold a horse uh, like a little project horse you know and I had some extra money and um Monica listed him for sale and he was like you know the roans look funny in the winter they're like dark bay <laughs> so she posted a picture and I was like he looks perfect I need him And so I sent her a message and I was like, this is all the money I had. And it was literally all the money I had. (laughs) And I was like, if you'll (laughs) take this, I'll come get him. (laughs) And so uh, Monica lives in the middle of nowhere. So we, I left at like two in the morning. I actually had to be at like college class in the afternoon. So (laughs) I drove all the way out there and uh, we picked him up and brought him back. And when I got there, he was purple and I was so excited. (laughs) Like he was beautiful around. And um, so we started going on him and he was my, my plan was going to be kind of the first futurity horse. Right. Um, it's like, that was the one we were going to like, okay, let's put all the time into, but uh, life never goes as planned because as he was turning, getting ready to run, turning a four-year-old, I was a senior in engineering school. So you can imagine like, that was really not that great of a time to have a four-year-old. <laughs> so, no, not um, at all. So I really didn't have a lot of, time on him uh like I was just busy in school you know and I've had people like you need to focus on your stallion it's like okay but I I really need a college degree so this is the goal at hand you know like Wayne's gonna be here after you know so he didn't get to run 
as much as four-year-old year as I would have liked, uh, just because life kind of got in the way. Um, and so I did get to run him. It's been like a hot minute now, not last summer, but this because you know, COVID, but the summer before that, I was like, Wayne, you're all I have. So you're going to be a rodeo horse now. <laughs> so, um, I got to haul him around to like all the UPRAs and all over and he did really good. Um, he qualified for his, um, the AQHA show. He won his set at Waco and then, um, I run him at a bunch of UPRAs. He was like a 10th of a second for making the finals at Stanford and, that was like his first big rodeo ever. So I couldn't be more happy with him. Um, and so my good friend, Tiani Schuster, she told me that I need to be doing all the breeding myself. And I was like, no way. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. And um, everybody just kind of kept on, kept on, kept on. Well, when you send him away to the breeding farm, you just don't know what happens. And then I was trying to ride him. Well, you go like pick him up to ride him and then, they call you, you're, you know, he's not supposed to breed anything for two weeks. And they call you, oh, we need him back in the morning. I was like, okay. So that was terrible. And so, um, anyway, I have great, I use uh, Keith Beister at Brightstone Ranch. He helps me with all my, like, mare side of it. But he's does all our frozen semen and stuff. But he has a heart of a teacher. And he has totally saved my butt, like, a million times. <laughs> I'm sure with the dumbest questions. But now this is our third season going in on on doing it ourselves and um and it's way better because Wayne is at home and he has his own big turnout you know and, and we get to see him every day and so well, normally he's at rope and training right now but normally he's here as our little pet <laughs> and so well that we've, that's like a full-time job in itself it, just being it can in. be yeah um for sure spring is uh very busy and I laugh because so I, I live in Sanger Texas but the closest FedEx drop off is at Albertson so basically every day I have to go in with these boxes that say semen on them to Albertson's and drop them off to the UPS lady or FedEx lady and they're just like okay who is this person <laughs> oh that's awesome so how did you, um, cause you just said that he would have been your first paternity horse. So kind of tell us like the type of horses you were focusing on. Did you mainly rodeo or just take horses in for fixing? How did, and then how did you get into the fraternity world? So I've had a few over the years that I've like tried to kind of go into the fraternity stuff with. Um, I definitely have been the person that like like you know horse training and stuff you're always broke so you you gotta like learn how to make that horse so I've definitely had tons of project horses over the years um and I say like project loosely because I feel like they're all those horses I've had that were like my projects that were winners they were winners anyway they just needed somebody to listen to them to find out what what individually made them tick you know um Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time on horses um trying I, I kind of like that side of it like figuring out you know a lot of horses when they come to me it's like their last chance stop you know and I, we've never had one that I bought like that that didn't come out just doing amazing and find their perfect human and you know go on to a successful career and so um I just like to kind of tinker with them I think um I've had a couple of fraternity horses like when I was younger, uh, you know, but it's so it's, a, it's hard is, you know, they keeping them sound is a whole nother ball game. Um, mm-hmm. you know, keeping it on a schedule, you know, making sure that you can 
yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've paid into a fraternity and eaten the fees, um, you know, for whatever reason, didn't get to go. Um, so he, Wayne was going to be the first one that I had the whole time, but we did end up sending him off uh, when he was a three-year-old. But I mean, he just, people are never going to spend the time on him like you do, you know, I, and if they don't like love that horse, you know, I'm like really, I have a couple horses out right now and that are getting, you know, broke or whatever if a trainer calls me and says I don't like this horse it's my horse isn't staying there because I know that you know when you see people that don't like them that's where all these problems and stuff come from um and a lot of times you know just because somebody doesn't like them doesn't mean somebody else won't won't love them. I have one right now that we got that a trainer hated and I love that mare <laughs> so I'm like you just it's just per- sometimes it's just personality clashes you know um, so we've had like lots of problem horses and, you know, projects and stuff over the years. That's kind of more of what I have focused on. And then we've, I've, we sold, we've sold a lot of horses. So I work a lot as a broker and, um, I joke because I'm like, it's because I was in college and I was like, I'm not going to stay in the horse business. So if everybody hates me for being honest and they just hate me for being honest, you know, but, uh, it's been, <laughs> it's been pretty good. I'm sure I've ticked a whole lot of people off <laughs> over the years because I'm very very blunt um but at the end I find like a lot of people that are upset with me for like saying hey you know don't waste your time and money on this horse uh you know it'll be a year later and they'll be like man I spent a fortune and it ended up exactly the same you know so I kind of try to go through all that stuff so this is the first time I'm like riding prospects that I've had (laughs) so like stuff that I picked out and I've been on all year uh usually my futurity horses I buy like at the end of their three-year-old year or summer of their three-year-old year and I'm kind of trying to play catch up from the back and get all the problems fixed and get them riding around how I like them to ride around and get them seasoned and you know try to go on from there so it's a it's a lot harder to do it when you're doing it that way <laughs> Yeah. So how do you approach, say, you know, a horse comes in and is having issues? How do you kind of approach, I guess, the fixing mentality? Do you just break it all down and start fresh or do you just try to focus on their issues? Kind of how do you um, focus on getting them back to being a solid barrel horse? Um, So uh, I I definitely credit uh, my vet. So I use Dr. Lee of double S equine. And he is absolutely phenomenal as far as like, he listens to what I feel and he has an incredible eye for lameness himself. And I I always feel like he's interested in the longevity of the horse. So of all these horses and all everything that I've done good on, um, you know, we've been working with Don for a few years now. I credit him a ton for this stuff. Um, You know, we bought one that I watched work at. I had a show that was kind of like running off. He was running off and everybody's like, don't buy him. Don't buy him. He's terrible. And I was like, well, he looked to me like he wasn't totally being a jerk. He just, he looked like he couldn't do it. And so, um, anyway, I ended up buying the horse. I brought him back and I told Don, I said, well, can you do his TMJs? I said, I think that he physically cannot turn. Like he's, he's not able to do it. And we pulled a full, syringe of fluid off of each tmj well the next day you get on him and he's like oh my god i can move my head (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh each horse is a is just an individual you know uh some horses people been whipping on them and stuff and they're just that's not how you're going to get through to that horse you know you got to find another way to like channel their um 
individuality. Some of them are bad kids. (laughs) So (laughs) you got to figure out another way to like channel their energy the right direction. Um, But I think, I think the biggest, the biggest things that help me is having a very good vet on my team and a good shoer. Because when you can make sure that that horse isn't sore or lame somewhere or got something going on where you can clear up all the background noise that allows me to come in and do what what I need to do you know what I what I feel and generally mostly what I'm doing is just getting them more broke I mean I can't tell you how many horses I get and Mm -hmm. they're you know people will say well they'll break at the pool but they hide behind the bit or they you know pull on you or they do this or they do that and they're just not broke and so um you know how if you can't do it slow how are you going to do it fast exactly I mean that's that right there is such valuable advice I feel because once they feel good it makes your job way easier and then then generally they like to try to listen well and I I kind of have a firm belief that like so since I've kind of had that mentality so I'm very big on vet work um since I have had that mentality I have not had those just bad horses so like growing up you know you got like bad horses and I'm like oh my god if I only knew you know now then what I knew now because like they probably were bleeders <laughs> probably probably all kinds of crazy shit that we didn't even know and <laughs> you know and you just don't know you don't know what you don't know and so now yep. um I see that though like that I very very rarely like really have to get after one for something and I find that um you know knock on plastic over here there's there I rarely rarely have an alley issue like ever um but you know I make sure they feel good and so I think that if a horse feels good they're gonna want to go in there and do their job and try every time so taking that mentality to your three-year-olds because I know a lot of people that are like they're only three years old you know why do they need to go to the vet or you know they're just starting to work the pattern why do they need their hawks done um how did how did that mentality help you get your three-year-olds ready to kick off uh, you know the start of the year so strong so for me I treat everything like I would treat myself so everything I have is a very everything is very regimented so um I've spent like my whole life uh, I love going to the gym and you know working out I've trained for like bodybuilding and worked with trainers and everything so I take a lot of that into my barrel raising so like even down to little stuff you know um like I won't I don't I'm very careful about like how I feed them before I run them right it takes a horse six hours to digest their feed and hay and you know alfalfa is going to carry more water in their stomach than feed would so if I need some calories I'll give them a little bit of grain but I won't give them any alfalfa they can have whatever they want after they run you know because I don't want to run on a full stomach right and if I'm going to go run we did like tough mutters and stuff. If I'm going to go run a tough mutter, I'm going to have like a banana and some peanut butter because I need the calories, but I don't need the weight in my stomach because I'll feel sick. And so I take a lot of like that kind of aspect. Well, when you're training all the time, so when I'm in the gym all the time hard, you're, you're sore. <laughs> like You're sore every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just going to be part of like the training regimen. So um, I'm, I try to very much listen to my three-year-old. So whatever is not normal for that horse so sometimes I have horses that um you know they might they might be a little more like just attitude and you know they're babies so like they might have a little more attitude anyway that's normal for them 
cool. This mare that uh, we won on at Oklahoma City, I was riding her one day, and like she's, I call her very compliant. She's very compliant. So like she, I was loping her around, and when she'd pick up the left lead, she'd switch her tail once. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, the, like something's so small, right? People probably wouldn't even notice. And I was like, oh man, like what? You know, what is this? And I do it again, and she switched one time. I'm like, okay. And so I, I, Dawn was coming through somewhere, and I took her over to Dawn, and I said, hey. I was like, oh, this sounds so stupid, but I'm like, this mare is switching her tail once when she picks up the left lead. That's just weird for her, you know? Anyway, we ended up uh, doing her knees, so he pulled a lot of fluid off her knees. Well, she probably dinged it in the pasture or doing, you know, who freaking knows? But it was very small for that horse, but it was probably a big deal. After that, nothing. No switching tail. Stepped right off. You know, okay, good. Carry on. <laughs> so I think people don't realize, like, how hard we can be on them as babies, you know, and I don't mean like time. Cause I don't, I don't really ride for a long time. You know, like it's pretty good if I ride them for like 30 minutes, I ride the horse to what they need. So like if I get on and they do good and everything is perfect, I get off, you know, I don't, I don't need to sit on that mm-hmm. horse for an hour um, when they don't need it. You know, if I have, I have them that need it, <laughs> I sit on them for two hours if they need it or whatever. But um, you know, I really think it's just based on, the individualities of the horse, you know, uh, I have, I, I cannot out train pain. So I feel like a lot of times I'll tell you, cause I struggle with this with like lesson clients and stuff sometimes because their vet will say, Oh, well, you don't have to do their hawks or you don't have to do this or it's okay. Like they'll be fine. And, and I get so frustrated cause I'm like, I know this horse might trot off fine. <laughs> He probably trots great, but I'm like, when you're running him and you're in the turn, I can see that that horse will not get in the ground or not be committed. And then imagine doing that every day and, and feeling it sting every single time that horse gets in the ground. And then that, and then really upsets me is that that horse still tries to do it anyway. (laughs) They still try. And so I get really frustrated with all that stuff because it's just, I, I, you know, write a lot of blogs and stuff on my page, but uh, that's all. I just want you to ask questions, ask your vet. If they say no, you tell you say, why, why are we not doing this? Or, you know, if it's something that you're, if your horse is in training, doing, doing work, you know, and if you're, you're entering the barrel races and if you're, you're going all over, you got to take care of them. Just like we take care of football players and, you know, basketball players or baseball players. I mean, if you are using that horse, I feel like they need maintenance. Great advice. I mean, I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent on that. So how did you prepare, um, for the first time having a horse all year to get ready for their fraternity year? Kind of walk us through how you, um, approach your three-year-olds and, you know, getting them ready to handle their first run down the aisle. Um, so my two-year-olds this year are still like hardly broke. (laughs) Um, so I don't really do anything with them their two-year-old year. So I will get them broke and make sure that they kind of, you know, do the basics, move off, break the pole, stop, you know, walk, trot, loop, kick them out. And then as Mm -hmm. in the early spring, so now we're just starting to get on them. So for three-year-olds coming, so I'll do, basically I ride them in the spring or, you know, I would say like January, February, March when the weather's good. (laughs) So if the weather's good. I'll throw them on the trailer to ride with everything else. If it sucks, they can stand in the field. So 
I kind of just go slow, right? Um, I think that you can kind of just start getting them patterned, get them going. My goal is to be able to like exhibition them by the summer. So I just try to kind of do, do a little bit in the beginning, just keep it fun, keep it easy, just keep working on them being broke nice. Cause I think if you have that good foundation, they're going to be, you know, easier to get going in, on the other end. And so um, we just try to kind of get them going in the spring, just light, you know, and then I try to get them ready to kind of haul around, trot around, lope around, you know, by summer. And then um, in the fall, I'll start dragging them around. So like this fall, we took the three-year-olds, we took them to Memphis when we went to Ruby Buckle so that they could overnight. And then I took them to um, Waco when we went down there, I took them to overnight, you know, and that's a lot more work for me, but I do feel like it really helped them because, you know, you go to these fraternities and they got to stay in a stall and they got to stay overnight and they, you know, they, they stress at these shows. So I want to make sure that they're, they are set up as best they can be for success, you know, to everything that's going to happen to them when it counts. (laughs) I would like to have like the dry run of it when it doesn't count, (laughs) you know, and just try to kind of keep them, keep them going that way. So I, I really didn't do a whole lot. Um, lot with him when it's nice too like this mare that we did get on i, I mean i knew that mare was fast but I, I had never asked her to run before we asked her to run <laughs> you know um i didn't know she was that fast <laughs> so we good surprise we, uh, we kind of clocked her here and there a little bit you know but she'd be like half a second off and just kind of but i wasn't like pushing her it's like i just need you to kind of coast through you know um and so i yeah. knew she was going to be the horse that that needed to go like into this year into that slot race but um but I didn't know exactly how how fast she was going to be <laughs> so tell us tell us about her I mean for those of those of our listeners that may not know what horse you're talking about um tell us so about her name is three times the fury and she is by fury of the wind out of a trace daughter and I bought her from Amy Shimke um last year so it's kind of a funny story too so amy posted copper springs did this deal it's like show us your fury of the wind and i'm a real big like riding papers person so i was like looking through and i'm like who's gonna sell me one of these <laughs> so <laughs> amy said she had one out of the trace i saw her as like you know they're like highlighting like look at this cool horse we have and i sent her a message and i was like you're gonna sell her <laughs> and she's like no you know we don't want to sell her and she's the first filly out of that mare and you know, whatever. And I was like, well, are you sure you don't want to sell her? <laughs> so I was like, you could just price her. Just throw a number out there. <laughs> so she priced her. And so I wrote her a check and mailed her a check. And I never even saw a picture of the mayor. <laughs> and so oh my I God. mailed it to her. And I'm like sweating it. Like, oh, I hope she cashes my check. <laughs> and so she'll send me this horse. So um, she had cut her ankle. She was broke by Rodney Yost. And so she had cut her ankle there and she had like cellulitis. But I had another horse in the barn at the same time that had cellulitis. So I was like, no big deal. It's cool. Just ship her anyway. So we ship her down here. Well, then she got sick on the haul and then she got like really sick. And so um, she had like 105 fever for like five days. So you like, if, as soon as you take her off the medicine, it'd go right back through the roof again. And so we like had to fight kind of a lot with that. She got like pneumonia and they had to like shave her sides. She lost all this weight. And she basically looked like a giraffe. Like she was terrible looking and I didn't even get to ride her until like middle of January, like February, because she, she was just, I think I sat on her like once, you know, it, it was just 
a whole mess. Mm-hmm. That's how you know they're going to be winners. <laughs> so yeah, get through all of that stuff, you know, and we get her going. So she is huge. So even as a two-year-old, she, she was like almost 16 hands, probably like, you know, just turning two. So she's been, um, she's, I bet she's like 16 one now and she's real like lean, you know, racehorse lean right now. But, um, she's got a big frame, so I'm sure she's going to be big as a truck when she stops growing. (laughs) So she's huge, which is odd for me. I normally don't ride that big of a horse. Um, Tiani has been telling me for years, like, you need bigger horses. You need bigger horses. You need bigger horses. Well, it's because they can make all kinds of mistakes and it doesn't matter. (laughs) So now that I have one that turns, (laughs) it's really awesome. (laughs) So when you're starting out, you know, on all the projects, when usually when you get a big horse, I mean, they're like running off around the fence, hanging off of, you know, the panels everywhere. They're not like this. So now as we've, uh, you know, grown in the, you know, in the breeding and the pedigrees and they are bred for barrels. I think you're starting to see a lot more big horses that really can turn. And so, um, this mare, I was like, we had like this whole discussion, you know, so in the slot race, we went in the three of us. So the co-owners, Catherine Dudley and then Tiani and me, and we all pitched in for her slot. Right. So Tiani, we're having a talk and she's like, you just need to be safe. And I was like, if I go in there and think, ride safe I was like I'm gonna hit all three barrels <laughs> like I'm gonna get them all three leaving like you have to just send her and so getting ready you know we'd go to the barn and I'd like send her through and I'd kick it over leaving and I'd kick it over leaving and kick it over leaving and I like I was struggling very hard to get by the barrels so um you know fast forward to the slot night Cassie uh, obviously is like who doesn't want to be Cassie. So Cassie goes in there and runs a four, which is blazing fast. So you're going to think like, so all day long, we watched the first go of the futurity. So horses have been running all year and the derby. So horses have been running two years and like Epic guy. And I mean, everybody that was in there, the four was flying. Right. I mean, so when she went in there and run a four, I mean, yeah, that's- I, I probably would have started writing her name on the check. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, she was early in the slot and I was at the end. So I'm, I, you know, back in the warm up pen in the other arena. So my horse was super nervous. Like you could just tell she was terrified. And so she's, I just sat on her for like an hour before I went in there. Cause I was just like, just relax. It's okay. Just be calm, you know? And so I talked to Cassie and Cassie's like, says something about she hit barrels earlier in the day. And so she was like, these barrels are plastic. And if you even just breathe on it, it's going to fall over. So now my stress level is like <laughs> through the roof because I already can't keep the stupid barrels up. <laughs> Were they really in the plastic? I guess barrels? they're like that heavy plastic, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they're oh not metal. So God. now I'm like super panicked because I didn't know that they weren't metal, but I was hoping that they were going to be heavy. <laughs> so now I'm like super stressed before I go in I'm just like oh my god like how am I gonna get by the freaking barrels and in on top of this in the exhibition so that was the first time that the client has got to come and like see her and she ducked the second barrel in the exhibition so I was like first we dug (laughs) now um you know (laughs) my horse is terrified and now the barrels are plastic I'm like what else can go wrong here so um I'm like Okay, I got to get a plan, you know, so I'm like, I ha- she has to have the right lead because 
when she comes in, if she's not on the correct lead, when she changes leads at the first barrel, she's going to straight up drop an anchor. Like she, this is the most steady Uh horse I have ever had. I mean, and she's big, she's big and strong and fast. And I mean, when you say turn, you better be ready for her to turn. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. So I like back her into the corner so that I can kind of like hook the corner, you know, to go in there. We send her down the alley. And I mean, I'm sending her. I'm like, I'm not hitting a barrel. That's all I care about. I was like hoping I'd get like a nine, you know, like, I'm like, if I could just get some money, (laughs) that'd be great. Nobody will be mad at me. So, um, you know, she goes, she makes a freaking phenomenal run. So she comes out, she runs a two. So that was the fastest time of all the rookies that ran the whole weekend. And she had mistakes, which was the crazy part. Like she kind of overworked the second and she kind of stumbled out of the third. And she like, so I think there was still even room, you know, for her to be faster, which is crazy because it was felt really fast. (laughs) So, um, you know, we come out, she runs a two and I just like can't even believe it because I was so happy, like, when I came out, and I'm, like, petting her, and I was, like, good job, good job, mama, and just, this mare's, like, what is happening? <laughs> She's, like, having a panic, like, She's like what is this girl doing up here? Why, why is she moving around? Why is she so excited? She's, like, her eyes are, like, dinner plates. <laughs> I was, like, poor mare probably terrified her, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so she did absolutely phenomenal. That was definitely a career highlight for me, and, um, <laughs> she came back so she run two more fives and I, I laughed so I talked to my horses all the time so I told her like okay tonight counts so if you could just do good tonight like I don't care what you do the rest of the week right so <laughs> she, she definitely showed up when it most counted <laughs> so I appreciate that and then she came back and run two fives and uh, ended up being reserved in the rookie so she stayed solid I mean the whole the whole time um I could not be more more proud of that that mare she's she is definitely like my living breathing unicorn so um she's been really really cool to get ready and stuff um but she's big so I want to tell people like that ride little horses because I started out on like cow horses and stuff and all those smaller horses and the big horses they can just make the mistakes you know like that mirror made mistakes and just blew the doors off of it you know mm-hmm. I mean she she just went out there and it, it was easy for her you know and I think that's kind of what what's starting to separate you know, the true like barrel bred horses, you know, that, that really can run that hard and turn that hard, you know, versus like just your typical race horses or cow cross or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. I think that's an important, I mean, thing for people to realize my main good horse, she's 16, three. So Mm -hmm. I totally get the big horse thing. (laughs) Um, but it's them being bred like they can still run yes. like a little horse even yep. though they're bigger, versus just kind of being gangly and long-legged and you know not able to actually make the turn um yeah those bigger horses I mean they can and I tell you what like I'm terrified every single time I ride her to like keep up barrels so so normally that's like what you think like when I rode <laughs> cow horses you know I'm just gonna roll it leave it she's super yep. honest like she she never she never does anything intentional, you know, like she's not going to hit it with her. She's not going to shoulder. She's not going to do anything bad. She's just working. She's just working. And if you, if you screw up as a jockey and be like, okay, wait, turn here. She's like, well, I mean, you said turn here. So, um, you know, it, that's been a little bit challenging for me on her. So I feel really in sync with that mare because I've had her all year. So I feel like I can even just think it and she moves, 
but then it's funny too because you know I've had a lot of horses and running all levels of events you know and I've never really been nervous and I've been nervous on that mare like just exhibitioner from the very beginning like I get nervous to even just go in exhibition like this summer when she was like trotting I don't know why like I always have like that pit in my stomach like you just knew she was different and so um that's really been really cool you know deal with that so then I have to share with you too so a long time ago I entered slot races so I entered kinder and got my butt kicked and I entered Oklahoma City and got my butt kicked because we entered Wayne at that and we had a, a shooter malfunction and my shooter like scalped his soul before he went in and he had like major stone bruising and like it was a bad deal so I have I told told everybody I'm like this is my year for redemption <laughs> so so this year I entered kinder and on the Sinaloa Stinson horse and I was second and so when I did that this year, then I came back and I was like, okay, I'm coming for Oklahoma City now. So I was like, I was ready. I was like, I'm done. Done getting my butt kicked. And we came back. So I'm like, it was super cool this year because I entered the two slot races that I had previously entered when I was younger and made redemption for myself at both of them. <laughs> well, there you go. I was about to ask if this was your first slot race because running down the alley with a $5,000 entry fee. Oh, yeah. So I have to tell you about the other horse now. So this other, the gelding I've been running the spring, his name is Sinaloa Stinson. He's by Eddie Stinson out of a Corona Cartel daughter. And so I bought him last October and we, he was like kind of behind and we were just trying to get him better broke. Same, same as all of them really. Like I didn't even think he would run as a four-year-old. So I'm trying to get him ready, trying to get him ready. I couldn't give this horse away. I'm not even kidding. Like, I would spend hours on him. It was awful. He didn't want to do anything. I would, I could run by to the fence, straight to the fence, not even look at the first barrel a hundred freaking times. Like, he didn't want to do it. I was frustrated. So, I bought him. I bought him from Tiani. And he's a nice horse. You know, I bought him like, oh, I'll get him going and then I'll sell him again. You know, he's, he, he had... He's beautiful. He's good bred. He's pink buckle. You know, he's like everything that you would want. Right. So like, so I buy this horse thinking I'm like, Oh, I'll get him fixed. And I mean, for months it was like terrible. <laughs> it was so terrible. I'm like, I couldn't give him away. I would have freaking lost money <laughs> to just be done with it. You know? So I'm like sitting here bashing my head against the wall, bashing my head against the wall. And I'm like, and I finally, um, I went around. So I, I would go, I'm a big on like asking advice to I, I, feel like in this in, in this sport we should all like learn from everyone right so bfa last year i turn him out and i'm over it i go to bfa i talk to every single person who has wrote at eddie stinson and i'm like what am i doing wrong why is this horse not working he won't do anything <laughs> like i can't even look a circle he's on the wrong lane he does this he does that oh like frustrated okay so um I talked to Colin Allen actually at the AQHA World Show. And he's like, Does he just crossfire? And I was like, Yes, it makes me crazy. He's like, Yeah, just ignore that. <laughs> okay. He's like, Oh, Eddie's do that. I was like, uh, Okay. This is tough because I like him really broke. And he's like, Stop. Just don't pick on him. Just every day get on him. Just slope through the barrels. Put less bit on him. Don't pick on him at all. If he does it wrong, who cares? Just let him do it. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So every day I'd get on him when I got home and I was like, 
all right, we're just going to lope through the barrels, lope through the barrels, lope through the barrels, you know, every day. And he would run all over the freaking place and crossfire and all over the damn place. And it was terrible. And I hated it. And I hated him. And I was like, this is awful. And one day it just started like, it clicked to him. Like, this is all I got to do. <laughs> I'm like, this is all you got to do. And you get cookies. <laughs> I don't even care. And so, um, so fast forward, I run him in January and he run all over the dang place and was eighth out of like 250. And I was like, mm, maybe, maybe we're starting to get somewhere, you know? And I had somebody that was fixing to like fly out to try horses and, and they said, um, they wanted to try him. And I mean, I've been trying to sell this horse for months and like nobody wanted him. And, uh, and I was like, you know, what? I think I'm just going to keep him. There's some futurities coming up. Maybe I'll try to enter him and want you know, a couple of them see, you know, go from there. And so they ended up trying like other horses, you know? So we fast forward and I almost felt like I had him ready for Edna but they said, like, I called some friends and they were talking about the ground and they were like, well, if you kind of get outside of the tracks, you know, like it can get a little slick. And I was like, oh, man, like, I really have no idea what this horse is going to do. I'm like, he could be like on right on top of him or he could run to the fence. I don't really know. I don't want to mess with it. I was like, we'll try for the next one. So we go to Kinder. So we go there because, it, you know, I can be there a couple days before. So I was like, it'll be good. I can, you know, exhibition him. He hasn't really been anywhere. This is his first futurity. So I'm like, we'll just go in, you know, let him hang out, see how it goes. So we go fast forward to the first round. So in this one, you can buy the slot race after, like after the first round. Okay. So you can still buy into the slot race. So we go in the first round. I lope him to the first barrel. I don't even know how he hits the first barrel. He like got it with his hawk leaving. Like I was already by the barrel. And then really nice second, really nice third, comes out, runs the whole, the fastest time of the whole freaking day. I loped him in. <laughs> so now we're like panicking <laughs> because everybody's like, well, you need to buy a slot for that horse. Like you need to go. And I'm like, I mean, he hasn't done anything. This is the first time I've ever really done anything on him. <laughs> and I'm like, so now they want me to pony up $5,000 because he ran a fast time today. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I literally <laughs> loped in. So I'm like panicking at this point. I was like, okay, whatever. And so I call my boyfriend and he's like, I don't, whatever you want to do. I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? So I was like, all right. So we entered him in the slot race. So I'm like, okay, I just got to do that same thing again. So I was like, if I just lope him in, <laughs> maybe it'll be good. And so um, I was at the end of that slot race too. And uh, we went in there and I loped him in. He kind of got by the first a little bit and stuck. And then he came back and had a nice second, nice third. And he ended up second in the slot race. He ran a two. And so I'm like, man, <laughs> it was a super, super surprising, um, super surprising, you know, win for us because the, that was the horse I had been like struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling and couldn't give away. And then all of a sudden he was a badass and he was like, yeah, I got this mom. Let's go. <laughs> so he went on to, um, to place at, um, pretty well everywhere else we took him to. And then I run him all through the spring and stuff. And then he, he, I think he won like 40 something thousand. And then he, we had the coronavirus, and then I was disappointed because I'm like, finally get a good fraternity horse. <laughs> Everything gets canceled. <laughs> so that was our that was our first our spring of yeah. 2020. So I mean, it just goes to show that I mean, I mean, it's hard. Like sometimes you know, either do you get rid of them or do you stick it out. But 
generally if you stick it out i mean there's no shame in finding somebody else oh no way might fit them better but stick it out i mean it it so we had that horse last year that we had um that i bought so i don't know a couple it's been a couple years now so we had um i bought that that miss jv 1214 at the sale at um uh at the triangle sale out of that JB dispersal and I, I literally bought her as a broodmare for my stallion so she was by chasing out of a dash to fame daughter I've won the most on on horses previously that were out of dash to fame daughters so I was like it'll be great right like you know we'll just I'll try to ride her and then if I don't like her then um you know I'll just kick her out and breed her to Wayne so after we buy her we find out that she's like she bucks and she's like pretty dirty about it um and you know so I do my whole like regimen of everything so I just start you know trying same thing get him you know better broke and we have dawn work on her and stuff and she is definitely a firecracker (laughs) so we I start running her she starts kind of stepping up a little bit a little bit a little bit doing good you know and then I could get her pretty well she'd be like in the top five um you know I had her maybe like 60 days or something at this point and um I told the mom, so Bailey Cho owns her, and I told the mom, I was like, they needed a horse, and I was like, we'll just come get this mare. And I was like, we you know, I call her side chick, and I was like, and literally everybody has sat on her, like <laughs> I mean, I don't even care, right? I didn't I didn't pay nothing for her. Like everybody can ride her, who cares? You know, I'll just like you can just take her, loan her out, whatever. And they're like, and, and so Mandy's like, a broodmare? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if she, you know, I'm probably going to just breed her Wayne. And <laughs> I mean, that's what I bought her for. So, you know, I like, it's like cheap sunglasses, you know, when you like don't care. So I'm like, you know, whatever. If she gets hurt, she gets hurt. And if she gets hurt, then she'll just be a broodmare. Like, it's no big deal. So we go on. Mandy thinks I'm a crazy person. And I was like, you should try this horse. Like, she's going to be good. Like, I think she'd fit Bailey. And, you know, Bailey's a kid and tough. And, you know, she's a hell of a jockey. And I said, you know, maybe it'll be a good fit. So they come out and ride her. She does pretty good on her. Like, and I keep telling her, like, hey, this horse, this horse bucks. Like, she will buck. I mean, like, there were days I'd like pull her out and trot her around in my front yard just to make sure, like, she wasn't going to bug me off the next day. <laughs> so, like, just so I could take her somewhere. So, fast forward, they tried her a few times or whatever. They buy her. Well, then they, she ended up winning like $100,000 on her last year. <laughs> And one freaking oh everything. wow! Uh, she was the MVHA Teen World Champion. They, I don't know, there's a big old long list of crap that they won. And so I laugh because everybody says, "Well, aren't you sad that you sold that mare?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> like, first of all, Bailey deals with her crap way, way better than I do because <laughs> she's a kid, you know. So, you know, she's she's still in that stage of life where it's fun. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> And I was like, if she was at my house, it's like she'd be standing in the field. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to deal with that crap. And I was like, it, it's so rewarding to me to be able to like sell them like that and then see them go on and do good and be a good mm-hmm. fit. And, you know, and that that is not a horse that I would have wanted to to have. She's a great horse. There's nothing wrong with her at all. You know, um, but Bailey is like young and thinks it's funny and it's fun. And I'm like, I just want to kill her, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's, it's just a different, we're coming from, you know, different places. So, um, I, I am really big on that too. Like, so I tell people all the time, like 
you know, so there's a point where like, yes, you should stick it out. But then I, I did an article on this and it was called like, let it go because like so many people hold on to these horses that they're not going to get along with forever and ever and ever. And it's like, why, why do you do that? Because it's like, if they're winners, like, yeah, we'll deal with some crap. But I'm like, if you can sit there and deal with this horse for years and not get it figured out, you know, or I'm like, or you can have something that's like fun and easy and fits you. And, you know, so if I give myself like a designated amount of time, like I usually am going to know, yeah, this fits me pretty good. I want to, I want to see where this goes. You know, I want to see how this horse does for me. Mm -hmm. Or I'm just like, nope, not my style, not my fit. I, it can be something dumb. Like, it can, I had one horse I didn't like because it didn't lead good. I mean, it just irritated me to catch her every single day because she just like, from the freaking back 40, she would like crawl to the front. And I'm like, and I'm like, you have to walk faster. And I'm like, I cannot stand. I was already so mad by the time I had a rider. I'm like, that horse don't need to be at my barn. Send it down the road. Oh, you know, that's something funny. dumb. Whatever. Because I tell people all the time, I have sold some phenomenal horses. Um, when I was younger, I had uh, Susie has a penny that Sydney Forest run. Um, super, super nice mare. I'm I'm sure she went on to win a ton on her. She won Kissing Me Pro Rodeo. Um, at the time, she could outrun Slick and Flow, and like that was a super, super nice mare. Same deal. Like you know. I, I sold her because of where I was at in my life. You can't keep them all. I sold her. Was that the end of end of Trisha having a nice horse? Nope. <laughs> you know, and then I got the that Mr. JB092, which is how I actually met Andy and them. So that horse won a ton for me. And he was he was a big horse and he was blind in his left eye and had a screw in his hawk. And if he was working, you, know, you couldn't, if that didn't hit a barrel, you couldn't outrun that horse. He was super fast, big heart, you know, a lot of try. We, I sold him, he helped pay for college, you know, and then, then you just get the next one. And, the, and, and I tell people they're so scared to let go of something that's not working. Um, for what, you know, there's a, there's going to be another horse out there that's easier, that's better, that's better bread, that's better everything, you know, that you enjoy going to work with every day. I'm like, that's what I want to ride. Yeah. And I think, I think, I mean, that makes sense, but it's also important to show that, you know, like the Sinaloa Stinson, you couldn't give him away, but you still did everything you could to get him to work. Yeah. To so I laughed. You know, that's you why I buy them. To get him <laughs> so at that yeah. point, right. So if that was a training horse, I probably would have been like, this is not working. You know, like, I don't want to waste somebody's money when it feels like that. You know, when you're talking about months of, of, no progress it feels like no progress you know months of that so if that was somebody else's horse you know it's very hard to tell i'm very like blunt and you know I, you know it's very hard to say like just keep spending your money even though we're not doing anything you know um so yeah. i laugh because i'm like it was funny because i own that horse so because i own that horse i was stuck with him <laughs> you're either gonna have to work yeah you work <laughs> or nothing there's no other option i own you <laughs> you're a gelding <laughs> so you like you just I feel like on him you like you have to but it, it felt like eternity but we're talking about like five months so so five months of real yeah. big struggles um I'm actually like loaning him out to a client of mine now and so it's it's been really cool because nobody else has ever rode him and so she's been running him and taking him to some jackpots and like it's so cool to see 
how easy he is for her. He just totally wants to take care of her. And he's like, so happy to like, Oh, look, I'm, I'm like the, the one that knows now, (laughs) you know, like that's, you can see that look on him. Like I get to do it all the way. I want to do it now. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, So it's been really fun to like see him go and just, you know, he's, you know, her main mount. So that's nice because I'm trying to focus on, you know, the ones coming up, but that, uh, yeah, to see, to see all that. So I think that that's, it's a struggle, but the thing I want to take from that is like, I literally asked everybody under the sun, like, <laughs> what am I doing wrong? You know, I mean, anybody that had had an Eddie Stinson, um, you know, cause I think that they're very nice, but they're not for everyone. So, I mean, I asked a ton of people and I just think if you're really in that struggle, find help, go find somebody. Don't ask on Facebook where it's like, you're going to get 47,000 opinions that don't matter. <laughs> you know, go find somebody that you respect or that trains around you that you admire. Go ask, go ask a question. You know, um, I, at, at uh, Oklahoma City, I talked to Ashley Schaefer quite a lot about how she, you know, how she runs her business. And it was very interesting to like hear her perspective. She was super nice, um, very professional. Uh, I talked to Bo Hill at Oklahoma City about bits. I was asking her about what type, you know, this mouthpiece or that mouthpiece or what she prefers for this type of horse. Picked her brain. People are so scared to go and walk up and ask somebody something. But a lot of times they're all going to be super nice and helpful. And, you know, you're going to learn something. Even if all you learn is I'm not going to do it that way, you still learned. Yes. And I I mean, that's, I I think, and that's kind of why we wanted to start this podcast because I feel like. You know, everybody has something to share and just learning from other people's experiences. I mean, can you can mold that to help your for own. Sure. So challenges. if you're struggling out there, ask for help. You know? and, and if you have somebody, you know, that tells you, you know, if Jolene Montgomery came up to me and said, like, that horse, you need to get rid of that horse. I'd be like really hard thinking, like, well, maybe I need to get rid of this horse. <laughs> so, you know, ask, ask for help. Um a good, a good thing about the sway mare, the three times the fury. So when I was in Memphis, so there were quite a lot of us at Memphis that got our butts handed to us the first round. And we all rode that evening in the warm-up pin there. And I learned more in that warm-up pin at night, riding with all the mother trainers than I have learned in, you know, the past two years probably. And so um, I actually had Molly Montgomery jump on that mare and I was trying to find a bridle she would ride. And she just doesn't seem to like anything, you know trying to find a bridle so molly we she went back to the tra- trailer and got a bit that she really likes and she's like i think you need something like this you know so she she showed me the bit or whatever wrote her in the bed she's like i think just try to ride her in something like this and i was like okay we'll try it because you know what are you gonna do so i get home and my girlfriend um, megan fowler she had actually like bought like several elliot bits and one of those bits was like almost identical to that one that molly had and so she was like showing me these bits and I was like, oh my God, I'm taking this one. <laughs> I was like, this is the bit that I need. <laughs> and so poor Megan, she's like, good teammate. <laughs> so I get the bit or whatever, I start riding in the bit. Well, then we start working on, you know, whatever we were working on, getting up, getting up, getting ready to the slot race. So I joked, I told Molly yesterday, actually, I was messaging her and I said, I, I said, you're going to laugh, but I tried to change bits on that mare. And she was like, why? And she's like, you didn't even you know, contact your bit consultant. <laughs> I was laughing. So I put like a smooth mouse on that mirror that you would think would not even, it should have been like less bit. And she literally run me across the arena into a mesquite tree. And I was like, okay, so we're not going to fix something that's not broken. 
And so I got off and put her bridle back on her and was like, okay, we're not doing that again. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Goodness. Trial yes. and, and I was like, some of them are error. so opinionated. But, it, you know, it takes a literal army to get down the road to be successful. So, like, you know, I I think it's amazing that that horse can do it. But, man, it's, it's you know, Dr. Lee. It's my shooter, Kyrie Holloway, who's, you know, who listens to what I say, what I feel. Hey, this is how she's performing, you know, what do we need to do? And I think it's important to have people in your corner that you can really trust um, to let them be good at their job, you know, because it takes a, a team to be successful. You know, you need people that you can trust or people you can bounce ideas off of. I, I mean, I talk to other trainers and stuff all the time. Um, you know, we all ride a little bit different, but you know, you're still going to be able to take bits and pieces here and there, you know, what's going to help you build your program, your style, you know, and, and let you know, like some horses are worth the time and some aren't, you know, I have one mare that I'm running right now, my other Mm -hmm. three-year-old, I guarantee she's as fast as the other one, the good one right now. Um, but she's, you know, a little, she got a little more attitude, a little more, well, you know, she's a goofball, but she's, she can run, she'll go in there and run all over the place and be half a second off, you know? So like that horse is worth putting time into, right? I mean, she's half a second off and all over the dang place. I can clean that up. You know, if they go in there and they're three seconds off and you know, you don't have, you don't have all that room, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit and try and put time and money and effort and, you know, into that horse for me. You know, that doesn't mean I can't get it going and place it in like an amateur home or, you know, for a kid to ride or, you know, we sold one this summer. I wanted some money on that can first slick check and she's really, really nice mare. I think she needs more time like to mature. Um, We sold her to my friend, a little girl, the nine year old is riding that horse and has run faster times than I have on her. <laughs> like she, she, that horse is like a Labrador. She takes care of that kid so good. She just didn't have that like aggressive personality that I want in one. Still an outstanding horse for someone else, you know? So I think it's important to just make mm-hmm. sure it's the right fit. You know, I see that a lot too with the uh, sales and stuff is, you know, I'm not going to send a horse that needs tuning all the time and somebody to like really make it make it do work to like a timid rider that wants to pet him and feed him cookies you know i mean it's not going to be successful like that and so i want to try to match what type of horse it is to what type of rider so i'm going to have something that i like to ride more than others but if i sell it or whatever it doesn't mean it's a bad horse just like anybody i mean everybody all the trainers have sold horses that went on to win you know, um, it just got to find the right person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. that's how you stay in business. <laughs> that's so. you. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, I won't keep too much of your time. I, I feel like we could talk for hours because I still have be so awesome. many things. We might have to have you on again. Um, but I feel like we're going to see you in the winning sure circle so. a lot this year. And thank you. Yes, ma'am. And thank you for sharing your story with us. And thank you. Good luck in 2021. Bye. We hope everyone had an awesome holiday week. We are so excited for a new year and a new rodeo season. 
The Money Barrel hopes to be hitting the road soon as well. So if you see us, be sure to say hi. You never know, you might be our next guest. We'll see you soon.